0: Hey everybody, this is a special edition episode of the Running Rogue podcast. This is Chris coming at you from Austin, Texas here at Rogue Running. Steve is with me today. We have to talk about the Chicago Marathon this past weekend. We're going to break down the results as we like to do in these things. And, and more or less, there were no surprises. Steve and I were able to, to pick this one pretty well. This episode will stand on its own, so we're not doing any any other intros. This is going to be a special episode we'll release on a Thursday to give you guys a little midweek running rogue love. So, let's talk about it. First of all, we have to congratulate a lot of rogues that were there. We had a bunch from Killer Bees, from my group, The Morning Show, from Soul Survivors, folks from rogues, uh, from all of our groups were there racing we also had some others racing in portland and st george and things like that but chicago was the big one and by all accounts it was a tough day temperature is not that different from berlin as we talked about 57 a little bit warmer than you'd like humid 90 percent or so in the morning when they got to the starting line and it was sunny so warmed up into the mid 70s fairly quickly from what i understand so there are some people that definitely struggle with the heat but there were some people that still got it done. So congrats to those who were able to get their PRs. I've got one shout I have to give, and she'll hate me for doing this. But Chris McLeod, one of my athletes, whoop whoop. she broke four hours. She's been on this journey for four years now to try to break four hours. Ran, so cool. Ran 357 and closed out the last mile, her fastest of the race. As as she had started to struggle a little bit in that second to last 5K. 35 to 40k and then that last 2k she turned it on and 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 finished strong basically hit her plan exactly as she wanted to and it's really fulfilling for me as a coach to see her do that because she's someone who is very diligent very consistent works so hard she relies on just just sheer will and consistency and hard work and and doing everything that the coach tells her to do and so it was really really fulfilling for me to see that so congrats to chris I also had lots of others with PR. So congrats to all of those. And congrats to, congrats to everybody who towed the line and raced. I know some didn't have good days, but I
1: know everybody left it on the line. Big shout out to Jay Gar, Jacob Garcia, who's the uh, son of one of our coaches. It's uh, He got thwarted there last year. You and I uh, watched <laughs> him put yes. a few tears in his beer, but it seemed like uh, he had a great one. So shout out to him as well. So
0: Big big, big PR for Jay Gar and 311. So congrats to those. But we've got to talk elite racing. We had, we had primed this one before when we talked about Chicago and Berlin together in our fall marathon preview. So you and I nailed the winners, at least. Yeah, uh, we
1: pretty much nailed the way the race would go from the women's side, for sure. Yeah. Um, that men's race was weird, though, how slow they decided Very to go slow. out. It's, again, the big question mark to the no-pacer idea in a major world marathon major. I'm still not a big fan of that, even though... I see the arguments for it, but whatever. Let's talk women's first. So All right, let's do that. Turnish Dababa won, as we both predicted.
0: We had Bridget Koski. who got second in a big PR. Four-minute PR kind of came out of nowhere, so to speak, with a big PR to get second. And then Jordan Hesse, another third-place podium finish at a major following up her Boston result and showing that she's legit. She's also now the second-fastest all-time American marathoner behind the great Dina Castor. So Jordan showed amazing guts in this one. We were debating whether or not Tiranesh would take it out hard, and she did. She went out in just over 16 minutes for the first 5K on 216 pace through that point. Got through the half in just over 109, so 218 pace, was able to hold that herself, but the big debate for everybody behind her was, do I do we go with that pace or do we not? And I know Hesse Jordan, her coach, Alberto Salazar, said, told her, don't go with Teranesh Dababa if she goes out like that. And she didn't follow her coach's advice because there was a little pack. And she thought, if I don't go with them, I'm going to get stuck in no man's land. There's not really a second group. So she went with it. And at one point was leading, I think, at the 15K point. So... Kudos to Jordan for that. But then after the halfway point, it was kind of a race of attrition. Turnesh took over, kind of p- gradually pulled away, and then kozgi and and Hesse were able to kind of still finish really strongly in, in 120 and 121, but, sorry, 220 and 221, or just under 221 for Jordan. I think she was three seconds under. Still really solid results for all of them, especially given the conditions... You know, Ternish kind of showed that she is one of the greatest distance racers as uh, on the women's side of all time, and and now having a two seventeen and a two eighteen marathon to her to her uh, to her resume. So, what do you make of this race, both of Debaba's performance, and then we we've got to talk about S.A.?
1: Well, Debaba proved that she is the woman to beat for the next three years. When you look at the next couple of marathon majors, when you look at the Olympic games that will be coming up, um, in 2020 in Tokyo, um, you know, she's still a relative babe in the woods when it comes to marathoning. She's taken the route differently from Jordan in which she's, you know, she does, she did lots of, lots of 5k, 10k stuff, um, is arguably the number, the top 10k runner on the women's side of all time. Um, and, uh, you know, she just proved how tough she is. And, you know, watching that race, Chris, as they kept going back, I was watching the, um, I had to watch the Chicago feed, the the, the Chicago TV feed. Um, and her power, her ability to just stick with it. And I don't know if you watched there from, you know, the time she split off and Koski was following her. She kept going from one side of the road to the other side of the road, trying to make sure that Koski could not, Cannot, trying, to shake her. trying to shake her to get her from feeling off of her and i remember thinking what a waste of energy because you are so much better than everybody else in this field it doesn't make any difference kuski lasted a lot longer but when Debaba really did the hard push there you could you could see that it was just all over um one interesting thing about dababa though that i think is could be problematic for her in the long run is her upper body as she tired you could see her form go to shit i mean her her left arm comes really up high, almost punching herself in the chin, definitely coming across her body and her entire center of gravity shift is just moving. Now it doesn't do anything to her hips and below. And as the race continued, and even in late in the race, I kept thinking I was telling Ruth that I thought Debaba could have problems later on in this race because she's got, she, she just looks like she's moving too much, but she, to her credit, she's so strong. It, yeah. She kept moving even more, but didn't affect her mechanics. And she, continued to accelerate all the way to the finish i mean she slowed down the last half but it was a pretty smoking fast first half and she was really close to even splits i believe so really close i mean that's it was a it was a command performance and one in which i think everybody else in the world has to look at it and say um you know she's in my mind right now she's the number one marathoner in the world and uh i'm interested to see who will be able to take her down of course you know kip who has had an incredible year this year she just too many races too many races. How do you run that many yeah. races well, all in one year? Well, she also
0: got in overhead with the pace. For she's, sure. She's not a, a yeah. 2.18 marathoner. Right. And I think she got in overhead. We had predicted that she would be on the podium, but she didn't even finish, given that the pace was just too hot. It'll be interesting to see what Debaba can do in her, in her next pace race, if she has some help kind of taking the lead, and then also when the weather's maybe better at something like a London next year. It'll be interesting to see got to give her credit though for doing this without Pacers.
1: Yeah, and she's I mean it was just amazing. Jordan, what to say? I mean, that was a big girl race right there. That <laughs> big, was is That was a big sure. girl race for sure. I mean, we when we saw her run at Boston, it was just like, "Huh?" Like a little bit of incredulity, like, "Wow, we expected her to be good, but nowhere near this good. Is this real?" Um, and I know that she had her detractors. Um, you and I were not either one of them, Chris. I think in our in right. our prediction we were both really bullish on what jordan could do um much you know that's that's a big difference from the, calc- the the at least what i had said many many months ago when we were talking about jordan over the long haul i was i was shocked at at, at boston um, but i have net since become a believer and i now think this girl is definitely built to be a marathoner that last k chris I mean, when she realized that she had a chance to get under two twenty one, I mean, she accelerated. I, I you do not see that kind of acceleration in a race. And as I texted to you and John Shrub, another get, somebody who'd been our a guest on our show and who we'll have on our as a guest on our on some future shows, I think that Jordan is somebody that we can be talking about who's in the mix for an Olympic gold medal. I mean, she's going to have Debaba to contend with for sure, and many others that we haven't yet talked about. But man, America has a real true hope for a major win um watching her this is this is this is that was some really good racing and kudos to alberto for a long-term plan with her in terms of not chasing when he could have earlier you know jordan got hurt in 2015 which really put her in a position of not being able to run a marathon in 2016 and but would they have tried to go after the olympic trials and the marathon in 2016 it to her credit, they did it. To his credit, they didn't. And man, did she had she had an amazing 2017. It, unbelievable results and um, incredible planning. I want to give one quote. You know, she was quote. She did. A, she gave a lot of great quotes um, in the race, but the one that uh, was just amazing. I want to share with everybody. Um, it says she said. You're just going to be hurting tremendously, and I'm putting the quotes here in a marathon. So you're just going to be hurting tremendously. That's something you've got to love as a runner. You've got to take pride in that. I was excited to be hurting and just embracing the pain, embracing the challenge, and just staying calm. Key points there, Chris. Number one, she's not expecting it to be easier. She's not expecting it to be... At a certain pace or a certain thing, she's literally saying, I'm expecting it to hurt. I'm excited to be hurting, embracing the pain, embracing the challenge. But then here's the key thing in my mind. This is what happens when I see athletes that I coach who fade over the last six to eight miles of the race. It's this that I think that happens frequently. For a long time, I thought it was training, that maybe we weren't doing appropriate training. Maybe we weren't getting them in the place. But as I've watched, and I think nutrition's into play for some of those fades late. But I think so much of it is that people are expecting it to be a certain way and not expecting it to hurt. And then when it does, they're not able to stay calm. They, they, the water gets really choppy. They start to question everything that they're doing. And then you open up the, the, the voice of that inner devil, the devil on your shoulder that we've talked about in our mental training um, episodes, Chris, that is then given free reign to basically drag the athlete down. Jordan bypassed all that by saying, I expect to hurt. I'm excited to hurt. I'm built to hurt, but I have to stay calm, man. That, that is amazing. especially given the way the race went. I mean, you know, it takes huge guts to go after it but I think she made obviously now on, on, on hindsight it looks like she made the right choice but even when it was happening I heard some of the commentators in that in that live feed saying is this smart for her she Should she be doing this is this the right move it, it, it absolutely was though she does a lot of her training by herself she had to go with them the amount of work that she was going to have to do by herself the and because because Chicago is a non pace race even if she'd gotten in and tucked in behind a 220 guy there probably would have been people bitching at bitching and moaning and if not being thought really officially thrown out of the race. She should have would have been probably would have been given a lot of, of verbal lashing by all the pundits out there if she had done something like that. So, kudos to her for the amazing guts it took to do it, but also the strength and the expectation for what was going to come later. Um, I think we all I learned a lot from watching Jordan Jordan Hesse race here. She is a real legitimate contender for a marathon great in my opinion.
0: She has the mind of a champion for sure so it's going to be fun and
1: she's young
0: there's so much to see from her I think she's only 26
1: Yeah and you know Chris we've sh- I mentioned this before I mentioned this in the context of Leo and please nobody anybody that says that I'm saying that these people are dumb they need to they need to check it I am not saying that at all I'm saying Jordan is a lot like Leo Manzano in that she likes to be a dumb runner in the sense of saying I'm not going to entertain so many different variables about what's going on it seems like she keeps herself just in her lane about what needs to happen and what needs to be accomplished and then flows with it rather than going through 17 or 18 different permutations of what could occur in the race she just said this is what got tossed to me this is what my training tells me I'm ready to do let's go do it and I think that it, it seems you see, she just seems calm cool and collected you could see a lot more of her racing at Chicago, at, at Boston last at, at Boston this spring but she just seems really calm really cool and ready to, to, to produce and so I mean just an amazing race from her I I thought it was the performance Debaba proved how great she is but watch out in 2020 Debaba you've got a you've got a little ponytail girl from from southern california who's going to be right there with you and who's not going to be afraid to take whatever you have to deliver
0: So we have to also mention as it relates to women's race there were four other US women in the top 10 so five out of the top 10 were Americans which was a great result the most countries you know most country uh, represented in the top 10 with Megan Crifton from the Atlanta Track Club was in 233, Aliyah Gray 234 from Boulder, Taylor Ward 235, Becky Wade ended up 235 as well. I mean the US women are starting to get some serious depth at the marathon and I know there's a big difference between a 22057 and a 235. But it wasn't too long ago that we were questioning whether that A standard for the women in the marathon was was too much and wasn't allowing enough into the trials. But it's clear now that the standard is raised, the bar
1: is raised for American women. Yeah, I also think that there were somewhere in the vicinity of 15 to 20 women who got either the A or the B standard. So it was a, a, a banner day for U.S. marathoning. I do think it's really important, though, there's a huge difference between two twenty-five and two thirty-five. You know, that, that yep. you know, to me, a two thirty marathon and a two thirty five marathon are probably just something on a given day. You know, maybe bad weather, tough conditions, as we saw with Becky, who has run under who's run out it right at two thirty. But if she doesn't have the day that she's hoping to have, she's probably gonna run a two thirty-five. But a two twenty-five runner is something altogether different, and I think that's sort of that threshold, sort of like with men. Once you get under that, you know, it's one thing to be a 215 marathoner to be a 210 marathoner or something altogether different. There's a lot of 215 marathoners. There's not a lot of 210 marathoners. And for women, there's a lot of 230 women marathoners, not a lot of 225. Again, it shows Jordan definitely at the peak of what she can do. And, I mean, it's just exciting. It's it's exciting. I still think we, we are behind the eight ball from a depth perspective in the United States in the marathon, though. We aren't quite where we need to be. Um, but we do have five or six, maybe 10, um, significant, you know, on any given day capable of that 226 to 220 range. And that's exciting with Hastings, um, with, uh, Jordan, with, uh, Shalane Flanagan, with Kara Goucher, who's still, in my opinion, got some legs in her and still going to be in that 225 range. But right now, I don't know. Amy, Amy Hastings' PR is somewhere in like the 226, 227 range. So Jordan is already, you know, Amy's just a consummate race day person, but Jordan's proved she's fast and she can race against the best.
0: She's far and away the best for now, for sure. So by way of transition to the men's, I have to kind of transition us with a quote from Alberto himself. He, He said, I told Galen, I said, Hey, I'm glad you won today. But I'll tell you right now, if I gotta say performer of the day for the Oregon Project, it's I gotta give it to Jordan. Oh yeah. So we'll 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 leave that to say even even Salazar said Jordan had the better day, but Galen won. First American born winner since eighty two in Greg Meyer, first American US citizen winner since two thousand two in Khalid Kanucci. So Rupp definitely ended a big drought here. But as we said before the race, this might have been a simply a RUP certified field <laughs> to tee him up <laughs> in a Nike sponsored race to get him the win, which he did easily by running sub world record pace for the last five miles to close everybody out off a really slow pace. He ran a three minute negative split. I think they went out in 112 and he closed in in uh, what was it one oh sorry. 106 212 pace right and then a 103 to to finish in 209 so
1: what do you make of Rupp's race well wins a wins a win when it comes to the world majors so i think that that is um our friend john Shrupp, i think his his exact term was yawn um i'm a little bit more excited about it i think that uh as we saw, there was a really good American field behind him. If they can be looking up and seeing that Galen can get a win at a world major, that maybe there'll be more than just Galen up at that level in three to five years, if not sooner. Let's hope that we have more Americans pushing that. Um, so I thought, it was a, I thought it was an important step in Galen's progress. I'm a little bit less um, bullish on it from the standpoint of first American winner or in 35 years or counting colleague Kanucci, who we both know was an absolute doper, you know, the first American overall in the last 15 years. Um, there's so many asterisks besides, besides the Chicago race because they don't have pacers. Um, I think it puts this race at a big detriment in terms of competitive field. Again, it definitely puts the conspiracy theory folks out there wondering whether it was a Nike plan Kuri was definitely doing some dancing after the race. Although he, no, one, I'm not sure too many people could have gone with Galen when he went. Um, it sure was Kuri was it wasn't not like coming to the finish line and falling over and dying. He was he he literally danced and hugged Galen as if maybe they had a plan together. Of course, I'm, we're feeding into that conspiracy with this conversation. But I think what's a little bit more important about this is sort of the I'm gonna throw a little shade at Galen on one thing though. He his. It, in an interview before the race, he said, I didn't hear this interview, I didn't read it, but I heard the the, the the commentators talking about how he discussed he was excited about going into a race that would be fast, and he chose a fast race. Right? That No one that I know would conceivably have thought that the Chicago Marathon in 2017 was going to be fast. It was not going to be fast under any circumstance. So he's just fucking throwing bullshit out there. It bothers me a lot. It just goes to say, it doesn't make me want to like Galen or the Nike Oregon Project, right? Um, but the other thing I'm a little bit shocked at is the amount of vitriol and hate that gets thrown at Galen Rupp. Galen Rupp is waking up every single day, going out, putting his miles in, doing the work, just like everybody else's. Yes, he's got Nike's money machine behind him, but he's doing what his coach is telling him to do, and he's doing it to the best of his ability. I don't think these guys are out there taking Illegal drugs. I think they are probably out there taking full advantage of what resources they have. But let's not hate on this guy from top to bottom. And if you're going to hate on him, then unfortunately you're going to have to look at that little pixie of a girl and hate on 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 Jordan too. And I don't think any of us are quite ready to do that. So I'm not so I'm not sitting up, you know, saying put put the crown on Galen's head. He's the greatest ever, the greatest American marathoner ever. He, I don't even think it's even close to that. He, he still hasn't done anything close to what I think his coach has done although galen does have an olympic medal two olympic medals but in the 10k is olympic medal and and alberto doesn't have an olympic medal in the marathon not yet has galen he needs to run fast and he needs to pick a fast race and he needs to win in a fast race for us to all say galen has got it so
0: you got to be impressed though with his finish i mean to run sub world record pace for the last five miles even off a slow pace, as, as the as the temperatures were rising, does that
1: tell you that he could go run a 205? Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced he can run 204. I, th- I, don't, I think he's got the, the skills and the wheels to do it. I'm not sure that Galen's got the ability to race a 204. So if he gets in a race where there's patience and he doesn't have to think, but he doesn't have to think about racing, then I think he might. I do think Galen's a great racer, but shifting gears, throwing in surges late in a race... At two o four pace is significantly different than doing that when you finish the race in 209. so i 'm not yet convinced that i convinced he has all the skills to do it it 'll be it 'll be great to see him throw throw haymaker after haymaker at people when they 're throwing him at him. but I do think he can do it. The other thing that was really interesting about this race his mechanics were flawless over that last two k and he was hurting you it that last two k it was written all over his face that he was not comfortable. He was hurting. His mechanics looked much better than they did in the Olympics when he was closing, that last bit when he was hurting there, too. It seems like the training for the marathon that that Alberto and he are doing is working really well and that he's staying strong late in races. And that bodes really well for running a fast time later as well. So – I don't know, you know, is he Kipchoge material? I don't think anybody is at this point, <laughs> but I do think that when you look at the rest of the when you look at everybody else, I w- if Galen was on the line with Bekele, I don't think he should just seed him. I shouldn't do any, you know, anything of the sort. So, you know, at this point in time, the Karui who won um the Boston Marathon is sort of in my opinion in my my opinion the Second best of all of all marathoners in the world at this current point, but Galen, at that point, I think you can throw a. I think you can throw all those guys: Kip Sang, Bakayi, Rupp, everybody. Yeah, I think they're all in a similar position. Um, so anyway, that's 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 what uh, I think. What do you think? Do you think well, he's ready to run fast and run fast?
0: It would seem to it would seem to be, but saying it and doing it are very different things, and we'll see. I tend to think that there's not a lot of 204 guys that aren't on EPO personally. Mm -hmm. So and I don't think Galen's on EPO. He might be getting testosterone gel massages from Alberto and taking other things in the gray, but who knows. But I I think it's hard to run a 204 if you're not on EPO, to be honest. So I'm curious to see. I'd love to see him go to London with Pacers and see what he can do because that's definitely the next step in his progression. We will see. Behind him, Abel Karui, 209.48, solid result for him. He recently went to train with the great one, Elliot Kipchoge, and was talking about that in advance. Super interesting. Some of the things he's picked up from him about how Kipchoge is just so diligent in his training, every little detail. I think his quote was basically, if Kipchoge says we're eating at 7, <laughs> we're eating at seven. 7. There is no variation <laughs> from that. If, if Kipchoge says it's time to sleep, we sleep. <laughs> so he's he's following the great one, and it'll be interesting to see how that helps his progression. Behind this, we had talked a lot about the American field behind Rupp with Chris Derrick and Andrew Bumbelow and Sam Chalenga and Diego Estrada, Noah Dradi." In a lot of ways, I was disappointed by that, to be honest. I mean, Derek was the next fastest American in 212, slightly positive split off of his 106 first half. All of them were there because the pace was slow at the halfway point. And then unimpressively, kind of just fell apart from there.
1: I think Derek was the most impressive of all, not just because he got second, but he ran 212 debut. Um, and I think he was helped greatly by the fact that the entire pack was all together. That was a huge benefit to him. But Bumbleo looked terrible. He was coming on and off the pace from the back. We never even saw... I, I mean, I, I had a lot of hopes for Noah Droughty. Didn't see him, I don't think, at all in the feed. And also Diego Estrada, who was disappointing as well, thinking that that he would be able to make a move at it. Sam Chalenga, they didn't They didn't. They didn't show. up. Um, didn't show. And, and I do think that... But I do think that Chris Derrick's result he should feel good about. A 2.12 and a debut at a ma- marathon major um, is good, but there's a lot of work to be done for sure.
0: And link, I think you even predicted he might sniff the podium. But I did think so. I mean, I thought he wasn't that far off of what Galen was he at. He cracked the bed. He did. But for him. I mean, 2.15 is no slouch time, but th- this was his debut, official debut at least first one he was trying to finish after dropping out of the Olympic trials. So coming from that group and seeing the success they've had with Scott Simmons, it was just odd to see him kind of fall flat.
1: But Chris, this also makes the point that we made so many times in this podcast. The marathon is a different beast. And it is it is not people are not. I don't think enough people at every level understand exactly what's going on physiologically and psychologically and where. Where that line is, and um, you know, it, you look at you look at the the Jordan Haseys, you look at Ilya Kipchoge, you look at Galen Rupp. They are living, breathing, eating, sleeping, drinking marathon all the time in their dreams, in their mindset, in all their decisions on a day-to-day basis. That's why they're the great greats. And people who are coming back and forth and doing other things and running the 10K and running the 5K, and doing other stuff that's not where it's at. It, it is it is a single-minded focus on that discipline alone, at least in terms of not that you don't race other distances, just the focus on that distance alone is what will make the best in the world. And I don't think the Americans are approaching it with a kind of mentality that they're approaching the 1500 and the 5K, and you know we're seeing more successes there from those athletes. I just don't think Americans quite have gotten ready for the kind of single-minded commitment and focus Putting together the physiological and the psychological components all in one day at one moment.
0: So behind Rob, as we look ahead to the 2020 trials for the men, it's wide open. Who knows? It is wide. I think there'll open. be.
1: I think there will be some major players come out soon um, over the next two, year and a half, year or so, that we'll start to see where they'll have more names. It it was really good to see um, at Berlin. Um, What's his name from uh, the books? Brian, Brian Vale. Yeah, Brian Vale. Brian Vale. He ran a great race. It could be that he comes back and gets into a good spot. But again, 212. And that 210 is, we used to have dozens of men run 210 in the 80s. For context, people. Right. Dozens of men in a year run 210 or around there. Not dozens, but four or five, six people do in that range. Going under 212 happened consistently in the United States a lot. And now when we, anybody gets under 212, we think it's, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. You know, so, and, and the world has gone. I mean, they, they have <laughs> continued down whether right. by, by, by legitimate or illegitimate means, you know, 207, you can't win the Frankfurt marathon in 207 anymore. I mean, you, maybe, maybe you can, but you, you can't win. You can't win in those times. So, uh, it, America has a long way to go in the marathon, a long way to go.
0: Yep. A long way to go with Jordan Hesse and Galen are leading the way. It'll be interesting to see how their careers progress And of course, if they find any challengers out there, we know at least Shalane Flanagan was probably watching this one closely. She comes up on her race in New York soon enough, which we'll be previewing in the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting to see how her result works out there and if we can get a Hesse Flanagan battle at some point soon. But of course, we'll be bringing it to you when we do. So there you go. There's a bite-sized recap, 30 minutes on the Chicago Marathon. Hopefully you enjoyed that. As always, you can check us out at our website, roguerunning.com, or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, at Rogue Running. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.